Swanson to first. to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. And Lightning has struck twice. And the Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Episode 114 of For Future Considerations. This one's going to overtime. My name is Matt. John. Manny. Nice to see ya. Guys, how you doing? How's it going? Good. I'm excited. I'm so geeked. I got you guys presents. Oh, okay. I was geeked about our guests. What what did you get us? John, I got you Blue Jay Seasons tickets. Oh. Wow. Matt, I got you Tiger Seasons tickets. Nice. My man. (laughs) April Fool's. Well, I got something better to do. Really, <laughs> really thought, really thought he did. Didn't no, you didn't. Really There's no way. He did. The faces, your faces, told me you didn't buy that for one uh, second. How you doing, boys? <laughs> We're good. Episode one nine, uh, one fourteen. Just to, to round it all yeah. out, the Matthew Boyd episode of For Future Considerations. Ooh, I, I'm a, interested in this. It's one. a stretch. It's just to pick Matthew Boyd because he was Tiger of the Year, and because we're going to be talking Tigers for probably the next four and a half hours. The <laughs> one fourteen mark, not the greatest mark in Tiger history. 2019, when they lose 114 oh. games, oh. Matthew Boyd gets named Tiger of the Year. How the hell did you pick? <laughs> A Tiger of the Year that wasn't uh, the usher in section 147. <laughs> there was no Tiger of the Year that you year. You picked an actual player there from a 47-win baseball team? There was no Tiger of the Year. They have only played 161 games that year because it, one of them got canceled. And at the end of the year, they just said, ah, to hell with it. Never mind. <laughs> so they finished 47 and 114 in 100. 61 game season. <laughs> so for episode 115, are you going to say the Tigers lost or would have lost? They would have lost. Games Absolutely. <laughs> this is our second show of the week. We like to call it the OT, as Matt mentioned, where we have special guests. We've had some great ones lately. Last week, we had Michael DiRazio, who set the record straight about his time in junior hockey with the Owen Sound Attack, the London Knights, and the Mississauga St. Michael's Majors. Yeah, he had some great stories about his time as well with uh, St. Mary's Huskies in Halifax uh, playing CIS, and and then he played in Scotland as well. So uh, go back and listen to some of that in episode 112. Yeah, we had our debate show earlier this week. Some great back and forth on soccer. Love the soccer talk. Basketball, yeah, football, fun. hockey. We even chimed in on Will Smith's Oscar slap of Chris Rock. Who didn't? Oh, yeah. Everybody this, had something to say about that. Is this over yet? Can we talk about something else, please? Anyways, continue. I'll slap you. <laughs> And while you're listening to all of that, make sure you remember to send us an email with your thoughts on the podcast, but not about the slap itself, because Matt will go crazy. Um, you can 
<laughs> send us your questions and topic suggestions at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Yeah, you can follow us on social media as well. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. For Future Considerations on Facebook. The only social media platform that literally 24-7 posts some sort of footage of sports that hasn't even happened yet. That's how on top <laughs> of things we are at Podcast FFC and for future considerations on Facebook. You gotta follow us. We always love to hear the feedback. Are you guys getting excited about baseball? I'm starting to come around. Remember how we hated baseball <laughs> yes. two weeks ago? God, I love baseball. <laughs> so excited. It's coming around. John, you should be really excited. The Blue Jays are like <laughs> the World Series favorites. Yeah, everybody's predicting them. Yeah, I am excited about it. I'm cautiously optimistic, which is a big, big thing for me. Cautiously optimistic. Rashad's already got the program for the Dodgers-Blue Jays World Series game two at the Rogers Center. He's going to be there. (laughs) He's already booked the time off in October. Slapping his thunder sticks together. (laughs) Can you imagine? That beautiful vessel of concrete. Oh, yeah, the exposed concrete. What a beautiful, beautiful ballpark we have. Yeah, at least they've said they're going to redo it, right? The renovations? <laughs> they're going to just tear it down. Yeah, right? well, I was going to say, what can they do to it to change it dramatically? Unless you're literally taking out the outfield wall and and putting in glass windows like at Miller Park or something like that. That place is doomed. But they only said they're only changing the, the first level in the yeah, concourse. Yeah. So what can you do to that? You know what you need is a bigger scoreboard. Eh, Maybe we'll get one of those. (laughs) Well, our guest today combines baseball and social media. This guy runs one of the best accounts in the Twitterverse, a tribute to not only the Detroit Tigers, but their Hall of Fame broadcaster, Ernie Harwell. The account shares some of the most unique footage, stories, and fun facts you'll see on the internet about the old English D. He grew up in Detroit, as he says, met a girl in Cincinnati 25 years ago and has been there ever since. Those Cincy ladies will trap you and (laughs) keep you for their own, I tell (laughs) you. But when he's not posting this incredible content he's also owns a branding communications and digital company called color nine please welcome to the show john reichel john thanks so much for joining us today thanks matt thanks for having me this will be great how are things uh, on on your end what's the uh, what's the weather like in cincy and are are they about as excited as opening day as, as we are here in Tigerland? they are definitely not as excited as, as, uh, <laughs> as they are um, yeah, it's the apocalypse down here in Cincinnati. They've given away all the good pieces. Um, the managers out here claiming that, you know, we're better, <laughs> even though we traded everybody away. So it's, it's exactly, I think what the, what the, uh, lockout, uh, negotiations were supposed to avoid teams tanking before the first pitch is even thrown, but that's kind of what's going down in Cincinnati. So all the more reason to be excited about the Tigers. Well, they're giving away Reds jerseys, aren't they? <laughs> Like, oh my goodness! It's they're terrible. giving away players and jerseys. Players, jerseys, conies—you name it. <laughs> What's the ballpark like? We've uh, none of us have, have been to a Great American Ballpark. I, I was at River Riverfront Stadium, I think, when I was ten or eleven years old. Um, but what's the what's the Great American Ballpark like? It's really good. Yeah, I will give them that. The, the ballpark's great. It's right on the uh, right on the river. Uh, if you really, if a lefty really gets one, he, he can put it in the river, which is kind of fun. 
not as frequently as in San Francisco, but Adam Dunn, mm-hmm. I think, put one out there uh, back in the day. Um, but a great, great ballpark. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the, the shining star. And, um, you know, I, I came here, like I said, about 25 years ago. So, uh, we're, my son was born here, so he's a Reds fan. Tigers are his second team, but we're waiting for that day when we get a Reds Tigers world series. It was supposed to happen in 2012. Right. The Reds, the Reds had a two Oh lead on the giants and, and gave, and gave it up. It's supposed to be Reds and Tigers, but that that day will come soon, but it won't come. Uh, this year, <laughs> <laughs> no, not for a while. We'll be waiting for Cincinnati again, I yeah. think. <laughs> so, John, tell us how you decided, or when you decided to start the uh, the Ghost of Ernie Twitter account, and and where that came from. Yeah, it was uh, uh, toward the end of last season. Uh, I was just thinking about it, and you know, tracking the Tigers, and you know, finally starting to feel some optimism with this team, and things are starting to turn, and and uh, felt like we had the right manager. And, you know, I've been a fan my whole life and I'm a writer uh, in my day job, uh, do a lot of writing there. I was just kind of looking for an outlet and, um, you know, thought I would try this thing. And I think I started it October 5th. And uh, after I made my first couple of posts, I, uh, I said to myself, well, if I can get 50 people to follow this thing by the end of the month, then I'll, I'll stick with it. Cause then I found, you know, 50 other baseball nerds like me that find this, this stuff interesting and I'll keep it, I'll keep it going. And it just, I just, I can't, I still can't get over how, uh, the, the response I've, I've been getting to it. So up over 5,000 followers now and, and going strong and just, you know, people who love that, all the things you were saying earlier, the nostalgia and just thinking back, you know, to Al Kaline days in 68 and 84 and 87 and, you know, how terrible this guy is. And, you know, (laughs) some fans just aren't happy unless they're unhappy. I'm sure you guys run into those guys all the time too. So even interacting with those folks and the, and, and the eternal optimists and everybody in between, it's been, it's been a blast. You can skip the Ryan Rayburn stuff, uh, in, in my opinion. We don't, we don't need to see him on the Ghost of Ernie Twitter page. But the rest of it's great. Give, give yourself props. Over 5,400 followers. That's, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I just I can't get over it. It's been uh, uh, just kind of a whirlwind of doing it. And so, yeah, just trying to, you know, and, and there's no shortage. That's what my wife said after the first couple of weeks. She's like, are you going to be able to, you know, continue to post stuff every day? I'm like 121 seasons and over 1,700 players will never run out of content. So <laughs> that leads us to our next question. The handle, by the way, is Ernie Harwell one, by the way, if, if you want to follow and you're listening to John right now, how do you decide on the content? Where do you find the content? Well, even before I started the page, I was a huge baseball reference uh, nerd. Uh, so I can spend hours on, on there and, and in the blink of an eye. Um, for better or worse. And so that's, the other thing. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, people have said, well, yeah, you spend so much time doing this. It's like, I was spending the time anyway. And now I'm just <laughs> spending and, and developing some content out of it and uh, letting other people kind of uh, share in, in uh, the nerddom that I've, that I've found with some of this stuff. But yeah, a lot of time on baseball reference, a lot of time on, you know, just old newspaper articles are just a gem you know, to find this stuff that might be buried in a Sports Illustrated from 1983, you know, Sparky talking about the team next year and all this stuff. And there's good nuggets to be found in there. And that's kind of my litmus test. If I find it interesting and I had never heard it before, or I had never seen that video or that photo before, then there's probably a few hundred people out there like me who would find it also interesting and hadn't seen it before. So that's been a, that's been a pretty, 
a pretty good test. Yeah, like some of the memories that you've posted, even just recently, like Armando Galarraga losing his perfecto to the to the one guy in 121 years of Tigers baseball with the last name that starts with the letter Q. Like, <laughs> it's crazy how you find this content, and it's gold. Yeah. Like finding the old tiger that they showed on Channel 4 with the bat <laughs> in his yep. mouth and that video and that growl. That brings back so many memories for me. It's it's gold. I, I just love it. Well, yeah, and that's, again, that's my test. It's like, I, you know, I find that, and it's like, oh, my God, I loved that tiger. And then you know the, I love the tiger with the with the ice on his head and the <laughs> yes, when they lose, yeah. Right? <laughs> and uh, you know, I posted a few weeks ago. I posted the old uh, WRIF commercial uh, with Kelly Harmon you know, saying "baby," yeah. kind of you know culture stuff from Detroit from when I was a kid. You know, growing up on the East Side, like yeah, that's if I think that that stuff's cool, then yeah, I'm I'm gonna post it, and that's the response I've been getting. It's like mm-hmm. oh. God, I remember that. I love that. And the best part is like when I post game footage and stuff like that, I'll always have people comment like I was there with my dad or I was there with my grandpa or my grandma used to take me to games every Sunday. And so that's been the cool stuff, too, because it makes me think, you know, my, you know, my dad took me to my first game when I was three. Um, actually, I was in utero for my very first game <laughs> and, uh, when the Tigers clinched the pennant in 68. Um, but that one probably doesn't count. But yeah, I have those same memories, you know, my, talking to my grandpa uh, about his favorite player, Tommy Bridges from the 1930s. And wow. my dad's favorite player was K-Line. And, you know, I'm a Trammell mm-hmm. guy and my, my son was a Verlander guy. And so um, everybody in Detroit has those same kind of stories and memories. Like nowhere else will you find Kirk Gibson wearing a Michigan State jersey on, <laughs> on the Internet, right? So... I think that was a was one of those Sports Illustrated stories. I'm reading this thing, and you know it says he got ejected from his last college football game as a Spartan because there was a play over by the Iowa bench, and he's decided he was going to take on the whole bench. <laughs> that's my right. guy right there. <laughs> and he gets ejected, and that's his last game. And then just literally months later, he's in camp. And uh, he's getting hazed by the veterans, and uh, they f- they figured out pretty quick that they probably shouldn't haze uh, Kirk Gibson. <laughs> he was certified, you know, certifiably insane back then. But, yeah, just good nuggets like that 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 turns into, you know, literally you got to pack it into into a hundred you know two hundred and eighty characters or whatever the limit is. You've got four or five sentences to kind of tell a little story there, um, and that's been fun. It's just enough to to kind of again get people to fill in the blanks for themselves because they remember that stuff and they, you know, the love they have. Like if I ever run out of content, all I got to do is throw a picture of Gibby or K-Line or Whitaker or Trammell up there. And, you know, just the emotions and the memories start flooding through. Or that ballpark, man, uh, when you, some of those pictures you put in uh, of, of that, that stadium from different angles, from the bleachers, uh, from overhead and stuff, you know, again, we, we'll go down the, the memory lane probably with every comment you make, but I was at the last game at Tiger Stadium sitting in the bleachers, and uh, I, I've always said there's, there's two home runs in my life. I have no idea where they landed, but I knew the second they hit the bat, they were gone, and it was Robert Fick's Grand Slam and Magaleo's walk-off in, uh, in 06. But yeah, every time you see that, you you just think back and man, like we we've got such a beautiful 
park in Detroit to go to, but nothing beats that place. That was just uh, a moment in time. I wish uh, I've got a little guy who's four. I wish I could take him to, to Tiger Stadium just to just experience that with him, right? That's so funny because that's, that's your, like your impulse, and that was exactly what I was thinking. My son was born, uh, my first kid, June of 1999. But we had three months. Oh, I think it was September 18th, 99, we were there, and he yeah. was, you know, he couldn't do anything, say anything, <laughs> appreciate anything, but he was there. He saw a game at, at Old Tiger Stadium, and that was one of the posts that I did very early on. Uh, I think it was just after, after I had started it two or three weeks, and I found another nugget that I just couldn't believe, and I couldn't believe that I'd never heard it, and that was in the history of Tiger Stadium, there were 11,111 home runs hit there. <laughs> one, wow. one, 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 one. Yeah. And so I posted that and then I did some math about Al Kaline and it turns out that 11,111 home runs hit at Tiger Stadium in the history of the corner and Al Kaline hit one out of every 49 of them. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. That's a great <laughs> stat. Isn't that amazing? So I posted that one with a great picture of, of Kaline. Again, a photo I had never seen before. <clears throat> of him uh, after he had hit the ball and doing kind of a little bat flip. And so, you know, humble Al Kaline, you don't think bat flip and you yeah. got all your, all your uh, you know, integrity police out there saying, don't do bat flips. And here's this picture from the fifties of Kaline doing kind of a little bat flip. And that post got hundreds of likes. And that's when I knew like, okay, there's a crowd here that these are my people yeah. and they're going to like this stuff. <laughs> and they're going to appreciate, um, you know, this kind of cool, these cool little nuggets that, that I can find. What is your first memory of being a Tigers fan? Oh, man. Um, I was a huge uh, Ron LaFleur guy. Uh, oh, yeah. I loved, loved Ron LaFleur. So I have memories <laughs> of LaFleur playing. And then, you know, kind of a fully formed fan, I guess, as much as I could have been. I was seven uh, in that 76 season. So LaFleur was an all-star. And then, of course, Fidrich with his just yep. unbelievable season. I remember it my Mark Fidrich blue shirt that I wore uh, everywhere all the time. Um, and then Rusty Staub was an all-star that year too. So that was, mm -hmm. those were my, my first big memories of, of that. And then there was a game too, when um, um, my dad took me and my grandpa went too, and uh, we caught a foul ball uh, off the, we didn't catch it, but my dad got it um, from uh, Milt May and uh, got his autograph after the game. And, so, yeah, those kind of memories of those really bad Tiger teams, but with some really <laughs> amazing players and amazing memories. <laughs> those were great. Back in the day when when they really stunk at the end of the Tiger Stadium run, <laughs> I remember going with, with my dad to see Ken Griffey Jr. He'd have been a rookie that year, and they were playing a, a doubleheader. So we went to the afternoon game to see them play Seattle, and Seattle thumped him. It was 13 to 2 or something like that just just a blowout so as we're leaving the usher asks us where we're going they're playing another game my dad's like yeah we don't have tickets for it though he says just do a lap of the ballpark and come back to this section and you'll your seats will be open and ain't nobody coming here so we stayed for the second game and, and i think they lost 11 to 1 in the second game so i got to see griffey in a doubleheader only paid for one and i think they outscored the tigers about 25 to 3 so it's a perfect day yeah. yeah that sounds about right for the 99 tigers right? <laughs> not so good John, aren't you jealous? Like, don't you wish like the Blue Jays had a fan that would do something like this? 
Oh, do the Blue Jays have fans? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> How happy were you, John Reichel, when the Jays el- were eliminated by the Tigers in 87? Oh, what a season. Because <laughs> 84, you kind of knew, you know, it was that thing, that script was written after 40 games or so. Yeah, uh, in '87. Um, you know that's that's coming down to that last seven games with the Jays, and you got to win more than you lose. And can you come back and do it? And uh, I, I remember being in college watching that thing on TV, and um, God, just what a what a run! And then to do it to the Blue Jays, although still the biggest crime of the of that century was Trammell not winning the MVP. Like, you know, and having a Blue Jay win it of all people. <laughs> what a crime that was. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. Um, do you have a favorite Tiger of all time? Yeah, it's got to be Tram. Uh, you know, from from you know being a eight or nine year old, um, he was always my favorite, and just really, uh, really loved him. And they had uh, back on the east side. I grew up like near East Warren and Mac area on the east side, and they used to every once in a while they'd have these like police auctions and stuff. And so for whatever reason, they had some tiger memorabilia at one of these things. And it was when Trammell was nobody. So my dad went out and he knew I liked him. And, you know, just after Tram had played for a couple of years and, and a pair of his old spikes were at this auction. So my dad, you know, put in a bid and kept his fingers crossed and he, and he actually won these spikes. And so I've had a pair of Trammell spikes from like when he was probably 21, 22. Wow. Um, and just a new tiger uh, back then. So years later, I, I saw him at a show and, and was able to get him signed and, and all that. But uh, yeah, Tram's, Tram's been my guy uh, since I was a little kid. Who was yeah. your guy? It was Tram. Tram. Um, so, so when I was young and I loved the tiger so much, uh, there was a New Jersey store in my hometown of Strathroy. And I got a Trammel jersey, the tiger's old jersey. But they didn't put it in a arch. They oh, put it straight. Remember straight the across. old jerseys? Yep. They had the arch. I was so upset. I was, <laughs> I'm a 10-year-old kid beside myself because the store got it wrong. So you know, they gave me a discount or whatever and something like yeah. that. But I still wear that jersey. My wife, Shannon, it still fits uh, my daughters. Yeah. So when we went to the ballpark at Comerica, they wore that old, uh, that old jersey still. That's great. I, I love Trammo. I love Sweet Lou. Because yeah. they were such a great double play duo. But I also love the unsung heroes, like Chet Lemon we were talking yeah. about be- yeah. beforehand. Like, Chet was your guy for sure. Ch- I love the unsung heroes like Chet yeah. Lemon for sure. I was always a Travis Fryman guy. Yeah. I thought Travis Fryman was the coolest cat in, in the school. And he was, you know, at, at one point in his career, he ended up being or having to to be the guy. And those those were some lean years. <laughs> lean. He's, he's also a guy where if you go on on the baseball reference, like uh, like it seems as though we all spend a fair amount of time there. If you look at his numbers, like he had two pretty good years where if you were to just kind of blind box those guys stats, I was like, I like this guy. This guy hit 240 for a couple of years. But Fryman was my guy. Yeah, another one of those guys in those lean years that I liked was uh, Bobby Higginson. Oh yeah, yes. yeah, oh yeah. He yeah. was a he was another one I was thinking about doing an Ernie post on, and so I I thought, man, he I know he played on some bad teams, but how bad was it? So I looked it up, and you know the Tigers had, um, you know, all these winning seasons, 
leading up to when Higginson came. And then he left like in 04, 05, yeah. right, right before they got good again. So they had like 15 of 16 winning seasons before and like 12 of 13 winning seasons after. <laughs> and when he was there, they had like 13 straight losing seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about your bad luck. Yeah, that post got a lot of love just because I think you know, there were a lot of people that knew he was he was the only bright spot on, on those teams for a long time. Oh, that's tough. Uh, so I remember Travis Fryman playing with the London Tigers. Yes, yep. Um, yep. And so when he made it to the show, every me and my friends in London had to go to Old Tiger Stadium uh, okay. to watch Travis Fryman. Okay. They got smoked or whatever, but <laughs> sure. We had a was Bobby Higgins another yeah, team? I, I guarantee he was. I yeah. guarantee he was. But yeah. uh, well, that's what's fun about this year's team too. We got to uh, my son and I got to go to a Toledo game last year, so we saw oh, Riley cool. Green and Torkelson, and, yeah. and uh, Creedler had a great game. And you know, just these guys, like, yeah, they're they're coming, and they seem to be the real deal. So that that got us even more juiced for for this season coming up. Now, how how difficult has this last little stretch been for you as a Tiger fan? I know Manny and I talk about it all the time. We drive our, our buddy John Brashot crazy, as I'm sure these last 20-something minutes have done the same. <laughs> the same. But you've got you've got Torque coming up. You've got Riley Green. You know, you're a big Dirk Diggler fan, the, the new catcher there <laughs> that they've got. Um, wh- like, how do you contain or how do you uh, – how are you right now looking at these guys and – and trying not to project that this team is going to be a dynasty in in the next you know four to five years. Yeah, it's hard not to get out ahead of yourself uh, with with uh, uh, being optimistic. But man, it sure feels like these guys are the real deal. And you know that pitching staff is you know it's got to start with the pitching. And you know you look at Scooble and Mize and Manning, and you know your your brain starts to go to Atlanta Braves early '90s territory where we you know are these guys going to be studs you know for a decade together? Um, so that's probably overreaching and putting too much on them, but that's definitely where your mind goes. And then you know these last few years, you know what 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 frustrates me the most, and so much of this has come to light with all these negotiations and the lockout and all that garbage. But um, you know the, I think. Chris Illich loved having Miguel Cabrera's contract there because it was the perfect excuse. Well, we can't do anything, you know, until we get this big contract off the books. Well, how does that explain why they've been at the bottom, you know, of, of, of salary for all these years of, the, of, you know, of the rebuild, not really even trying to be uh, competitive. So again, you, you know, that's part of the game, right? You've got to deal with that stuff. And, and, uh, but it feels like, you know, they spent some money now. We're still not anywhere near the top of, of teams that that are spending, but you hope it's a glimpse that that maybe they will continue to invest in this team. And then you hear things like you know people debating today on Twitter, like is Green even going to make the opening day lineup? Mm-hmm. Are they going to keep him down in the minors so they can get another year of eligibility? And again, owners manipulating service time just kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Like clearly, Green and and Torkelson are ready uh, for the big leagues. They should be on the roster, and you hope you know. Uh, management decisions that that take place off the field don't don't uh, impact their opportunity to make an impact right away. Yeah, after watching them in spring training, I'm on Matt's bandwagon. I think they should start the season with the big club. Like mm-hmm. they obviously look like they're ready for prime time. They do. They really do. Yeah. And um, 
you know, are they going to take their lumps this year? Sure. But, you know, part of you likes to dream too. And is, you know, is Torque going to have a, a Pete Alonzo kind of a year like he had for the Mets a couple of years ago when he mm-hmm. comes in as a rookie and hits, hits 53? You know, again, that's <laughs> we like to dream. And that's, you know, we don't expect him to do that. But, man, you, it's, it feels like he's ready uh, to be given a shot to do it. And, and um, you know, he's the best first baseman we have in the whole system. Mm-hmm. Right? I'll let him play. Mm-hmm. What's your take on on where baseball is right now uh, as a sport? Um, where uh, we, we are looking at uh, a specific question. If you were a commissioner for a day, what would you change about the game? But what do you think of the general state of of where baseball is right now? Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know. Ba- baseball is always going to have the diehards like us, right? You know, we're always going to be there, and they're not. They're not going to lose us, but um, you know, if they're trying to kind of build an audience, to me, the biggest mistake they've made is they, you know, they just don't cater to the kids really. Um, and I think you know the length of games has something to do with that. But man, there's Manfred spending so much time obsessed about pitch clocks and batters in boxes, and uh, you know, bringing in specialty left-handed pitchers, and so there's got to be a rule for that. When what they really should do is you know start World Series games at you know, six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when it's over at nine thirty or ten o'clock, that you know, there's still a nine-year-old out there watching his his team and and building a love for the game. You know, I remember doing that all the time. Like we would, my me and my dad would always watch the All Star Game. The Tigers were never in the playoffs in the seventies. You know, until the, until I was a teenager, but we watched all the time, and we mm-hmm. could and, and we could watch. There were day games even. Uh, back then in the playoffs. And so we, we would watch and we would watch together. And I just grew to love the game in a way that, that they're not letting young kids do now. So if I could change one thing in one day, that would probably be it. And, you know, all the, owners would make, all the owners would make less money. And you talked about, a, you know, going to a doubleheader yeah. <laughs> at 99 and only paying for one game. That used to be how it was. You know, yep. you'd, you'd get doubleheaders and they took that away. You know, you, you, you can't even have, you can't even get a, a two for one go into a game because they've got to squeeze every last dollar out of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's hard, you know, I, again, it's a business and I get that part of it, but, but that's, that's slowly chipping away at this next generation of, of young, young fans that needs to come on and, and kind of pick up that mantle and go. So that's true. Great point. Great yeah. point. It's not like they wouldn't sell out the game if it started at six, there's going to be demand for a world series game, mm-hmm. you know, there is absolutely. Yeah. And, and again, just the, you know, all the and then the blackout thing, man. We could, yeah. yeah that's another ch- subject, right? Yeah, that's a again. You're just you're actively taking, you know, telling people don't watch our product. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> you're actively going to these these nine year old kids and saying don't watch your hero. Um, so they won't, and they can't, and so they don't even think about it because there's a hundred other things for them to go spend their time on. Yeah. How often do you get up to Comerica Park? Yeah, um, at least a couple times a year, and so hoping to do that even more this year with, uh, um, you know, with just all the excitement around the club. So yeah, looking forward to getting up there more. Who are your teams to beat this year in baseball? If you're a prognosticator, yeah, yeah, well, it's interesting because if you look at last year, the Tigers had a winning record against all the other divisions except their own, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and by a pretty good number. And then they got pretty much decimated within the central, right? So that's got to be the focus this year. And, and, you know, it's, it, the White Sox will be tough. Um, no doubt about it. But I, you know, I also look at it like 
I don't think they're going to run away with it and win 98 games. I, you know, they lost Radon. Uh, you know, Lance Lynn is going into his age 35 season. I think he's going to see a fall off. Uh, they've got a couple young studs, no doubt, with Giolito and, and Cease. Um, but the starting pitching depth, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think they should be worried about that. And again, they're 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 a really explosive offensive team, so they're going to go buy a pitcher or two at the trading deadline too. So they'll be there and they'll they'll be great. But I don't know. I I don't see any anybody else in the division that the Tigers should be that scared of. Um, I think the Indians have a great pitching staff, but how are they going to score runs? I have no idea. A lot, you know, I saw the the USA Today projections today have the Twins at eighty three wins. I don't see that ridiculous. At all. Yeah, I, I'd be shocked if they win more than seventy two, seventy three. Didn't they say that about them last year too? Didn't they project yeah. them to be over eighty wins last year? Them and Seattle, they always fell off the cliff. They always love those two teams. It's weird, isn't it? Especially yeah, so, Twins. I just don't get that one. So, for the record, John, you've got the Tigers finishing second in the Central and making the playoffs, right? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yes, sir. Out of boy, out of boy, and beating the Blue Jays in the American <laughs> League Championship Series, right? Right, Rashad. <laughs> They won't, the Jays aren't even going to make it. You guys like to razz me about all this stuff, but I want to point out to you, when I lived down there for that one year, you guys finished first in the AL Central and Cabrera scored 30 runs. So I don't want to take any credit for anything, but I'm just saying. And how do you still? How are you still a Blue Jays fan after that? Like, that's what I want to know. None of the games were on TV in uh, Chatham. I had to listen to them on the radio. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get into the radio real quick before we let you go. Again, uh, John Reichel, thanks so much for for joining us here. The ghosts of Ernie uh, Twitter account, uh, Ernie Harwell One is the Twitter handle. Um, you've got his name in in the handle. Uh, what what did Ernie Harwell mean to you as a kid and and growing up listening to those games? Oh man, he meant everything. Um, I was an idiot kid, uh, and so one time I found a <laughs> this little nub of a firecracker behind my grandmother's house. Right. So I went in the house and I stole my uh, grandpa. He smoked cigars. So I stole his lighter and I lit this thing on fire and it blew up in my hand. Right. So I had this ringing in my ears that I still have to this day because of that. It's this tinnitus condition. Right. So when I was a kid, I I had trouble sleeping uh, because of the ringing in my ears. And it was when it was, especially when it's quiet, it really was just kind of Mm. this nuisance. So I would, you know, like a lot of people did, get my transistor radio, put yeah. it on her, and I'd, you know, fall asleep to Ernie games just about every day all summer long. Um, and then when I was in college, I was interning at uh, Channel Two with Eli Zaret in the sports department. Okay, and yeah. There on a December day, um, just a, a, a nothing day, and then all of a sudden we, you know, the news breaks that Ernie's been fired. Mm-hmm. And so the reporters hadn't shown up to the newsroom yet. Uh, so Eli is like, you got to go. I'm like, go and do what? <laughs> you got to get a comment for Ernie for the for the early news. So they sent this intern, me, to the church because we knew where the church Ernie was at. So I get up there and, you know, all these other reporters are getting in line and I'm, I have no idea what I'm doing. The cameraman is telling me what to do. And he's he hands me the microphone. He goes, just go ask him some questions. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I go up there and I go and I, I got to interview Ernie for about five minutes and he answered all my questions and they were really stupid questions and he didn't act like they were stupid. Wow. He took, he took time and answered them all and was, and was fantastic. And I thought when I was done, like, Oh man, I didn't, did I do it right? Did I ask him enough? I, I felt uh-huh. like 
I'm sure I spent five or six minutes. And then the next reporter in line got up and did his interview and, and took like 30 seconds. time, <laughs> 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 And Ernie never brushed me away or anything like that. Um, so that was my, my brush with Ernie and, and he was, uh, uh, just perfect, you know, just, and, that, and that's all you hear. I've, I've been doing this now for six months and I haven't heard one person say one negative thing about him huh. the whole time. Like I can post about Al Kaline. There's even people that say, you know, he's overrated and got hurt too much. And you talk about Alan Trammell. Well, you know, he was a terrible manager and you talk about Lou and well, he wasn't really that good. And talk about Ernie though. Not one person has at Anything negative to well, say? Yeah. Nor they should. They better. They better yeah. not. Are we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's a gem. The guy's an yeah. absolute gem. I think it was no on doubt. your account that I saw the story about how he loved the Olive Garden, um, and I thought that story was just pure Ernie Harwell, down to earth, pure right. humble Ernie yeah. Harwell. You're humble, and yeah, a lot of people are good at being humble for show, but he was like genuinely that way all the time mm-hmm. to yeah. everybody. I had this, I had my first like fan letter that came to me. Somebody messaged me on Twitter and said, I have the story that I wrote about Ernie. Can I send it to you? And I'm like, okay. So I gave my address and she mailed me this just, you know, Word document story she had written about how she would watch um, Tiger Games uh, or listen to Tiger Games with her grandpa. And he would always fall asleep. And so Ernie Harwell would be her babysitter. (laughs) And I've heard all these great stories that that people have about Ernie that, again, you know, it's just their kind of one-on-one interaction. Like, you know, I was going to college and I I wanted to be a broadcaster. So I sent Ernie a letter and he responded and I still have the letter. And he encouraged me and he did. And I never became a broadcaster, but that doesn't matter because Ernie was supportive and he actually responded to my letter, like dozens of these stories I'm hearing from people of Ernie taking the time to uh, connect with people. It's wow. Well, tell us about your full-time job. What, what happens at, uh, at Color9? Yeah, Color9 is a marketing advertising agency. So we do, uh, you know, all the typical stuff for, for advertising, graphic design, website development, social media content, um, public relations, all those kinds of things. So we work with a lot of companies down here in Cincinnati. We work with the Scripps National Spelling Bee. We do the, the B every year cool. uh, that you see on TV. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. It's, it's something, a new challenge and, and working with different clients every day. So that's been a, a, a really good experience. And I started that business back in 09. So uh, 13 years with, uh, with Color9. Wow. Well, that's great. Congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Fantastic. John, I really appreciate the conversation. I know our partner, John Rashad may not like all the Tigers talk, but Matt and I have been geeking out here while walking down memory lane and uh, look forward to maybe catching you at a ballpark soon. Yeah, definitely. When I get down to Comerica, I'll let you guys know. Hopefully we can, can, can meet up. That would be awesome. That would be great. We'll be there for sure. Our thanks again to John Reichel uh, for joining us on the podcast. Oh, man, that was great stuff we, we could go on forever and ever with we him, could right? literally like we could talk to that guy until opening day which is literally a week today by the way oh great forecast too for opening day have you seen what that looks like no jeez is it bad <laughs> <laughs> is it- i hope you're free on saturday <laughs> we might not get to- oh no is it gonna get be a rain out? oh no <laughs> although i'm disappointed we'll john you didn't thank our guest for Jack Morris helping you win the World Series in back-to-back years. <laughs> How could you not do that? 
Well, it was just easy. I was just sitting back, eating some chips, listening to you guys talk. I didn't even have to do anything in that episode. John got up and laughed for a little bit. I saw him doing some ironing in the background. (laughs) Can we get someone on to talk about the Detroit Lions for an hour next week? I'll take that one off, too. Come on. The Tigers are a great baseball tradition. Oh, yeah. So much tradition with that team. That's the thing is you don't mind listening to passionate fans uh, discuss their team's history and the triumphs and the tragedies and the great players and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's fun to listen to. And uh, every one of those teams seems to have had a great baseball announcer, too, that everyone rallies around as well. Yeah. Ernie Harwell one is the Twitter handle. You got to follow. That was my guy, man. Yeah, He was tremendous. Oh, remember, you can follow us on social media for more debate. More great content too. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, and for future considerations on Facebook. And you can send us your questions and comments and topic suggestions. Email us at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. We want to thank our sponsors for the episode London Awnings, Quality That Shows, and Shane Topolovic, our good friend of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. Hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as we did. Go Tigers. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week on Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career, probably the worst. It's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.